If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Oh, sorry, I was singing uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 there. You ever play that game? Super oh, Mario Brothers 3? The, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Like, uh, just like you play that game Ant Madness all the time that you found under your pillow from the Game Fairy. It was a race against time and terror starring Eric Stoltz. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. What are you talking about? That's why I am the one and only Moon Master. And I must find 30 others who are rich enough to partake in this facade. I think I've, I think I've gone from... Is this an Aqua Teen Hunger Force? That, yes. Okay. Yes, I was going to say this. I was going yeah, I was going to say from an internet. It joke. sounded familiar. I was going from an internet joke to an Aqua Teen joke, and right. you, know, you just you just get from point A to point B, and the rest is history, as they say. Yep. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, we should we should do this, the show now, huh? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So hey, welcome everybody. Hey. hey, welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talked about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of December in the year 2019. You believe that? Wow. Time is flying, man. You believe that? Uh, I know clean. You clean? I'm not clean. So now another internet joke. Just, you know, we, man, we need lives. I have got, I've got to leave my hey, house listen, once in a while. I don't have a life for the next couple of days because of uh, gravy day break. Oh, well, you you also don't have a life because you sell printers on the internet and people you, come by at 11, 11 o'clock for p.m. That. Should to, we talk about that on this show? Maybe a little later? Yeah. Maybe? The ethics, of the sportsmanship of business. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we absolutely should. Anyway, uh, as we as we continue on, uh, this first episode of December, we said that, and um, you can always get in touch with us. The website, obviously, is osafoundation.org. You can email us. The address is podcast at osafoundation.org. Social media is facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram are at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And we would always appreciate if you submit a story or two that you'd like us to talk about, either of good or bad sportsmanship. We always appreciate those. And before we get to that, let cautionary me cautionary tales, if you will. Yes. Before we get to that, let me say hello first to our producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. Hey, Jack. Hey, there we go. Now that I've done that, why don't we jump right into it? You know, we talk about, uh, you know, people submitting their stories. And uh, our buddy Jeff, who recently moved from Colorado to the greater Baltimore area. Colorado. Colorado. Uh, is, he is hot. Welcome with, welcome to the East Coast, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure you buy plenty of sunscreen and that your insurance is properly updated. Whatever that means. Great. But anyway. Uh, Good advice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, that could really go for anything, if you think yeah. about it, you know? Uh, but Jeff has been very vigilant in uh, sending us some stories, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, he's an avid listener and, uh, and a fellow umpire, and we we do appreciate uh, all the good work that uh, that he does in sending us these stories. And when people send us stories, it's it's just fantastic. So we want to try and honor that as best we can. Story that Jeff sent us uh, actually just occurred a couple of days ago, actually about. About halfway through the month of November, this uh, this story broke, and the story comes from WGNO, uh, and the uh, the headline is "Florida Man Arrested for Punching Little League Umpire in the Face." Police say, 
And uh, the story goes as follows. It was uh, in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, WFLA reporting, it looks like. A Florida man was arrested Friday evening for punching a Little League baseball umpire in the face, the Polk County Sheriff's Office said. The man's name is Alberto Escartin Ramos. He was 22 years old, and he was attending a uh, nephew's baseball game at the Lakeland Highlands Babe Ruth Baseball Fields. So it wasn't Little League, it was Babe Ruth Baseball, just so we have our corporations right. Mm. When a disagreement with an umpire's call turned physical, according to the arrest report, Ramos disagreed with a call the umpire made. So after the game, he met the man at the park's clubhouse to complain. Ramos reportedly began screaming at the umpire, at which point he was asked to leave the ballpark. Ramos responded by yelling that he would kick his blank, then punch the umpire in the face, according to the sheriff's office. The punch cut the umpire's lip and broke one of his teeth. The sheriff's office arrested him and charged him with one count of felony battery of a sports official and is out of jail after posting a $1,000 bond. So, uh, where should we start with that? Don't punch people you disagree with? I think that's a pretty good place to start. You know, just, just I mean, be nice it's to not, each other. It's not even about the sports. I mean, we, we say this all the time, right? Right. It shouldn't be harder than just treat each other with respect. Right. You know, I mean, like, I don't I don't want to even pretend to know, you know, what's going on in this guy's mind. I don't want to try and assume I understand different cultures. I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to go down that road, but at the same time, common sense should prevail. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's just sad, you know, especially, especially in Florida where, you know, the weather's so nice and you can play baseball a long time, if not year-round. Yeah. You know, um, come up come up north here where we are and uh, try and play baseball in November. It's a little chilly. Just a and little And the hands. Bit. Oh, my God. It's... The you, hands tingle, that's for sure. There, There is nothing you can do other than, um, I don't know, pray. That your hands don't sting after you swing a bat and hit a ball. Yeah, it's it's just sad. You know, it's a disappointment that these things are happening, and um, you know, it's it's kind of getting to the point where we we talk about this stuff so frequently that it's the same thing over and over again. There's nothing new under the sun. People are just still this dumb. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess the only thing that I can do. I said this the other day. Actually, I was doing. Um, I was doing the presentation of the OSIP award at the local middle school. How'd it go? That was great. It was great. And, uh, you know, the, the principal there says to me, you know, thank you. You know, we're so happy that you can do this and you can find the time to do this and blah, 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 blah. And I just said, listen, if it takes me 30 minutes of just being here to plant the seed in these minds of, you know, six eighth graders that it will it will prevent something from happening later on just right. by telling them don't act this way yeah it's worth my time you know it's it's worth it's worth all of our time it's worth all of our resources to to prevent these types of tragedies and i mean they're there in the first place because they exhibited examples of good sportsmanship exactly. so it's almost like they don't even need to hear it right 
I mean, <laughs> but but at the same time, as we've discussed, the way that you fix this is you empower the people who will listen. Right. You know, this is That's not true. this is not a topic where you can convince people sometimes, or you right. can you can force people to change. The the way that you change right. or in, enact change is to empower those who are your allies. Right. You know, so, but, but that, I mean, going back to this story, that's all you can do, you know, and just hope that, you know, this, this message gets down there and, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe people start to realize that they shouldn't be doing this. But, yeah, it's just a sad story. That's yeah. all. That's all I got on that, you know. But thanks to Jeff for sending that in. Um, yeah. Thank you, know, you, Jeff. It's, it's, it's a shame that we have to report it and discuss it, but that's why we're here. Well, again, it's, it's the idea is to sort of bring these stories to light and, uh, as sort of, I keep using the word cautionary tales, but I mean, yeah, yeah, they are. That's what they are. Absolutely. They're examples of, of, of. You of humanity not being able to control themselves. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, the, the instant that you, you know, I said this before, but the instant that you physically assault someone over a call during a course of comp- competition, it's no longer about the sport. It's about humility and it's about... It's about the ego. It's it, about it, the psychology. It, it's about how you're... Supposed you know, you've just throwing that all out the window. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're proving to the world or the people around you that you are a lesser person because you're upset about something during the course of, of competition. Which is probably quite arbitrary. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's. It's not, not to belittle the the importance of a of a I mean to these kids it, it's it's a lot right and I mean and to and to a certain degree we could make the counter argument from the standpoint of even on the biggest of stages you know yeah um, you know you're watching the World Series and you know there's a call with which you disagree I mean especially if you are a coach as opposed to a fan right. you know um, there, there's some serious stuff at stake there you know there's money at stake there's there's a championship at stake. There's merchandising rights at the stake. There's history at stake. Yeah, you know, and and although life goes on, and the world keeps turning, and it's not the end of the world. It can be disappointing. It can be sad. It can be frustrating. All those things, but it's not worth going ballistic over, you know, right. and and. At these lower levels, like a 13-year-old baseball game, this should not be happening at all. Period. Right. You know? Um, yeah. And again, it's the example you're setting for others, right? Especially around the youth. You yeah. Know, at the youth level. You're you're around a bunch of 13-year-olds. You're a bunch around... Uh, you're a bunch around. You're around a bunch of adolescent children, okay? Young teenagers who are very, very aware of their surroundings. They're very moldable, all right? They're, they're sensitive. They, they pick up on stuff, whether moldable. they know it or not. Moldable. Mold, is that... I think that's a word. Is that a word? Okay, well... 
permeable. Yeah. Neuro- malleable. Malleable. I think malleable is the word. Neuroplasticity. That's, uh, you know, yeah. Okay, fine. Now you can go ahead and mock <laughs> Push my glasses way yeah. into my face for yeah. that one. Speaking of, and I think we've talked about this ad nauseum. I know we've talked about this on the blog. I know we've, ta- we've probably talked about this personally. We've talked about this probably on the show before. Um, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm watching the old MLB network. And uh, our buddy Christopher Mad Dog Russo is on, and he's giving out his Turkeys of the Year award because it's Thanksgiving, you know. Oh, right. See what I did there? Yeah. I didn't even do it. It was him. You know, and there's a lot of good stuff that he's pointing out. You know, he's, he's, he's basically looking at these things in a st- satirical way, kind of in the same way that we do. You know, he's talking about when Trevor Bauer threw the ball from the pitcher's mound over the center field wall because he was being taken out. And the next thing you know, he was traded, you know, like, like, you know, right. all of those things are just dumb, stupid mistakes that people make. You know, they're selfish. They're this, they're whatever. They're they're They, they follow the pattern of people who do dumb things that look like they're poor sports and uh, it's it, it it just makes sense to kind of satirically poke fun at them. He okay. threw the ball from pitcher's mound over the center field wall. Yep, Trevor See, Bauer. You yep. know what? What that makes me even angrier because he could use that energy to just win the game. Right, right. That that energy and that adrenaline he could have channeled into a fastball strike. You know. Why are you using that? See, it's I get that you're angry, but at the same time, you're wasting your energy right. on something that you could be using it something something to which you could be using it in a positive way. Right. No, that's that's the thing that kind of gets me the most. Right. It's not even about poor sportsmanship. It's about a waste of of resources. Right. Yeah. So anyway, in this particular uh, segment. He uh, he went back to the World Series call of Sam Holbrook with the interference call. Remember we talked yep. about this and the Orioles, right? No, was it the Orioles? No, it was the Nationals and the. Oh, I'm um, thinking of my. What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the fan. Never mind. Okay, this is no. This is the Nationals. Sam and Holbrook, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, umpire, yeah, right? Yeah, home plate umpire who called interference on Trey right. Turner. Okay, okay. And, Never mind. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. I will because you told me to, so <laughs> right. I will. <laughs> and uh, he basically, again, he starts lambasting, mm-hmm. lambasting. Is it lambasting or lambasting? I think it's lambasting. All right, he starts lambasting Sam Holbrook for calling interference on Trey Turner when he was running out of the runner's lane. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I lost it. Thank God I was in the privacy of my own home, but I lost it. And I was just, I just, just like, Chris... I know you can't hear me right now because I'm talking to the television, and that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Maybe in the future. Maybe well, in the future. A little Fahrenheit 451 breaking the fourth wall thing. Right. As I push my glasses up more. Um, I, I, I don't understand how someone like Chris Mad Dog Russo can be so ignorant to the fact that Sam Holbrook got the call right. And 
he's relying on his argument that it's a judgment call and that officials never want to be the center of attention and you know any everything down that road. I mean, he's basically like an insurance company throwing everything at the wall to see what'll stick. Right. With by yelling at everybody regarding how ridiculous it was. And after I calmed down, I realized how I would communicate to him the message that would be necessary here. If you want to be upset at the rule, if you want to say it's a stupid rule, you can come up with a cogent argument to tell us why it's a stupid rule. Okay. Rather than just saying, well, it's stupid. I don't like it. Yeah. No, you actually have to take the time to come up with the argument as to why it's a dumb rule. And, and whether you agree with it or not, you know, or whether I agree with that or not, if it's a cogent argument, it's a cogent argument, and I'm listening to it. I, I give it. I say it's valid. Yeah. I don't have to agree with it, but to then call out Sam Holbrook, the umpire, for doing his job, is wrong. Right. You can't. You can't criticize a, an official for doing his job when he made the correct call. Mm-hmm. You don't like the rule? Fine. Tell me it's a stupid rule. That's fine. But you can't then tell me that the umpire is a bad umpire because he followed the rule book. That's that is ignorant and that's unfortunate, you know, and I think that that's the, the you know, people who have, you know, the sensibility to step back and, and, and examine the the sports talk show pundits will begin to realize, at least I've realized that, you know, Christopher Mad Dog Russo gets his points across just through his passion, just by yelling. And granted, I think that the overwhelming majority of the time, he's reasonably accurate when it comes to what he's trying to say. But there are more and more of these ridiculous points that he's trying to make that are just asinine. You know, it's kind of like he's he's beginning to fall into the Mike Francesa trap where his former partner, where, you know, the, the, the more you go on, the more you can... F- find the holes in the arguments and you can you can find the clips on YouTube. It's almost like the less you say, the more poignant. Exactly. Your exactly. Argument. So, I just I just had to get that off my chest. That has been driving me nuts. I can't stand that. I just, yeah. you know, and and I don't care who you talk to. I'm sorry. The every umpire in the world will tell you that that's the correct call. I'm sorry. You don't like the rule? That's fine. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So here's a story. This one comes from the USA Today, or as Stephen Colbert would say, the the USA Today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one also happened mid-November um, in the Big Ten. Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford says he deleted social media after death threats. Written by Scott Gleason of USA Today back on November 19th. 2019, which was the 30th anniversary, I believe. No, the 20th anniversary of The World Is Not Enough. Oh. Yeah. Penn State star quarterback Sean Clifford said that he shut down his social media presence after receiving death threats and bullying comments following the Nittany Lions' first loss of the season to Minnesota on November 9th. Clifford hasn't posted on Instagram since November 2nd and didn't post anything on Twitter between November 6th and 15th. 
I usually delete closer to games, but I completely deleted it after the Minnesota game, Clifford told reporters at Media Availability. It's kind of sad to say, but you know how fans get so- sometimes get. It gets a little crazy. I was kind of, I guess, sick and tired of getting death threats and some pretty explicit and pretty tough-to-read messages. But, you know, you learn how to deal with certain things and how certain people are just going to react because, you know, it's a very passionate game with a lot of passionate people. You know, our fans are definitely one of, if not the most passionate in the country. I just try to stay away from it. I appreciate all the positive people that are around, but but there's also people that try to tear you down. It's always just been better to keep your head away from that kind of stuff. In Saturday's loss, Clifford threw for 340 yards and a touchdown, but his three interceptions displeased many fans. His pick on PSU's final drive in the game was the point of heavy criticism from fans and analysts alike. On the season, Clifford has thrown for uh, 2450 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, Penn State 8-1, and one, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so that's basically, this was all obviously some time ago, but... I mean, this this guy is having a good season. He uh, he has one bad game, and people are calling for his head. And I don't think people understand. This is a kid. Yeah. This is college sports. Are we that serious over college sports that we need to threaten the lives? of college kids because of athletics. I mean, this is this is worse yeah. than Mad Dog saying that Sam Holbrook is a terrible person because right. of, of, of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where well, do you go from here? I think social media makes it very easy for fans to connect with players. And as a result, I want you, you to take a clip of you just going, <laughs> but as a result, this is what you get. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you open the box. And that's what happens. I mean, that's how they get you. I think that it was this, the, the right. And I guess if it made him feel safer, the right thing to do to Shut dro- drop his account. Yeah. Um, shouldn't have had to do it, but I think honestly, if you receive death threats of any kind, you just shut it down. Yeah. Don't even have it up. Don't even call the police, you know, shut down your account, get screenshots of what you saw, the person's name. Get the, get the computer and, experts on it. And shut down your account. And because this is uh, really amounts to cyberbullying. Yeah. And uh, that's a probably that's a whole nother discussion. But um, and this is completely discounting the fact that he's still a kid. Right. Uh, maybe an adult in the eyes of the law, but. If you're in college, but you're, you're a kid. You're, you're right. If you're in college, you're still a kid, and you're in a learning environment. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of what the NCAA says, right? So the that what to take what you know the takeaway here for me at least is that 
you have some pretty spineless and tortured souls out there yeah putting this stuff saying this stuff over a game <laughs> uh really puts things into perspective about you know a part of humanity <laughs> and, 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 and kudos yeah. to this kid yeah. sean clifford for what he said in response you know to you know he he kind of had that eli manning ho-hum take on it which is very mature in a certain way to yeah. say, "Oh, we got some passionate fans. I get it." And blah, blah you know, and right? That's that's not easy for a kid to say. Yeah. So I, I give him a lot of credit. Well, it's a level. It speaks to his level of maturity. Yeah, that he's he's heads and tails, or heads over. What's the expression? He's miles ahead. Let's go with that one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I I think he did the right thing. Uh, he said the right things, and yeah. he deactivated his account. That's yeah. doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's an easy way for fans to show their displeasure. Yeah, and it's a pretty it's a pretty sick way um, to do it, and considering the things that they've said, and. Um, Leave it at that. I mean, I, I have nothing. I have nothing more to say. Yeah. It's just I'm just. You know what? I'm genuinely intrigued, and not in a good way, by the people who are fans of different schools when it comes to collegiate athletics. You know, to me, like if you're a professional team. Yep. And I understand how you become a fan of that team. Okay. Yep. If you if you have a kid or a friend on a team, I understand how you might root for that team. But you know, okay, if you're an alum, I I, I get it. It's a little little nuts, but I get it. And then I, there are tons of people out there who are not even affiliated with these schools who become fans of these schools who are going crazy over this stuff. Right. You know, not that it's justifiable to say those things, even if you are right. Affiliated with the school, but, but what, what are we doing? Right. Right. Why? How is it that we have gotten to a point where we identify with a school as, as with our rooting interests on the athletic field, right. you know, to the point where we will physically threaten another person yeah you know i have to give you a personal example i've i was witness to the lafayette lehigh rivalry for many years as a as a lafayette alum and former employee and let me tell you not once did i ever feel the urge to physically harm threaten or even boast to a lehigh person about uh, you know about the fact that I'm from Lafayette, yeah. Like, what is that? What is that? That doesn't hold any meaning to me. Okay, I went to Lafayette. All right, I got an education. I spent time there. I went to the games. You know, I I I, I directed the pep band. I understand that this is a big game when we play Lehigh because it's a the longest standing rivalry in college sports history. I get it. Okay, but is at, it? Yeah, wow. longer than Harvard-Yale. Wow. At no point do I feel 
Like, I need to put other people down for being fans of Lehigh. And at no point do I need to berate my own players. I don't my, know, my Jack. That sounds too sensible. You know, I don't uh, know because they might not have, have performed that, the best. You know, that sounds too reasonable. You know what <laughs> I've done before? You know, the most I've done is if I've had to come down on the kids in my band in the pep band that I was directing for being stupid, not for not for not even for playing incorrectly, just for being childish or saying something ridiculous that's when i've had to, to you know get my dander up not your when dander up. my dander yeah that yeah my gander your dander my dander i think it's dander yeah i thought so need some head and shoulders yeah yeah i do that's dandruff dandruff the stuff from your hair dander is what your pets give off You've been doing it wrong for all these years, Sean. Oh my goodness! Do you have Do you have to make a phone call? I uh, I guess I have to do the show for my by myself. Uh, I gotta I gotta I I don't know what's going on anymore. What are you tally? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. So, but yeah, that's just. Oh man, I don't I don't even know where else to go. I mean, because we rehash this stuff over and over yep. and over again. Just stop it. If you want to enjoy a college football game, that's fine, but leave it there. Yeah, and then you know, all this stuff that people are saying on the internet. How many other issues are there in the world that we could be addressing? Right. That can use that kind of vigor. Right. <laughs> you know, like whether you believe it or not, let's we can be doing other things. Yeah, stop spending so much time threatening a kid's life because he threw for three interceptions, right? And do something productive. Yeah, like world hunger, clean energy, crappy Star Wars movies, right? You know, just yeah. Let's 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 have a meaningful discussion, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you want to talk about what happened, right? Then let's have a meaningful discussion. Like about it's water it. cooler talk, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Not go into Neanderthal mode, right? We can or talk, serial killer mode, exactly, based on what right. some of these people are saying. We can, you know, we can talk, and and we talk, you know, you listen to sports talk radio, and you talk about these things. You talk about the strategy. You talk about what was he doing here? How could he do this? How could you know? And and that's fine to talk about. But to then say I got to get rid of this kid, either off my team or worse, right? Because he didn't play very well. And I got news for you too. If you're talking about professional sports this way. Fair game. It's fair game. At the college level, when there's still kids and there's a heavy turnover rate, right. can we let it go? Yeah. Can we please let it go? That's I mean, you shouldn't reason. be you shouldn't be doing this at all. No, not at all. But but you should you shouldn't you sh- at least at the. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that when a per, you know if a, if if a professional athlete does something stupid during the course of competition, I think it's more than reasonable to dissect what happened at the water cooler, so to speak. Right. You know, not I'm not threatening his life, but, yeah. you know, it's it's even reasonable to say, man, we should trade this guy and see what we can get for him kind of a thing. You know, like as much as we're talking about someone's life being uprooted because he's being traded, that's 
that's part of the the nature of the of the the realm. Okay, yeah. you're you're an asset to these teams. It's fine. Okay, at the college level, these are still kids with families that live at home. Okay, they are trying to get an education. They are going to be gone in four years. Do we really need to say how badly these kids stink? You know, right. for the, so that we can feel better at the water cooler. I've never understood that. These kids, they're kids. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. Right. They're, you know, okay, that's part of the learning process. They're going to yeah. make mistakes on the football field, on the ball field, wherever. Okay. And, and we were all there once too. We all make these mistakes. And in four years, if the kid's a freshman, he's not going to be there anymore. We got to stop with this stuff. I always said that the best fans either know the most about the sport in which they are have competing teams in or who want to learn more right. about the sport in an educated way. Right. And or the teams or the, or the players, right. you know, get to know the player, right? Get to know, maybe, maybe humanize them a little bit, right? Get to know about their personal life to a degree, yeah. not too, you don't want to be a much. stalker. You don't want to be, yeah, right. But you want to, you want to humanize them, take them off the pedestal and, and take them off the field. Yeah. You and know, realize that after the game, after the shower, after they talk to the media, they, they get in their car and they go home. Yeah. And they sit on the couch and they, you know, watch reruns on Disney Plus. They go grocery shopping. Yeah. They they go to the post office. They they run errands. They pick they, up their dry cleaning. Right. Okay. They do things just like all of us do. Yep. And we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it again. It's it boils down to it's. Sportsmanship is not about the sport, right? It, you know that's that's kind of the that's the, the main medium. Theme. That's the main theme of this right. of this episode. Much moreover, the one of the I'd like to think one of the one of the messages of our organization is that you know you you take the sport out of it for a second, right. and look at the the human connection, right, or lack thereof, and mend it make a difference you know so um I, you know this kid has a lot of bravery i agree for, I for agree. putting up with you know saying the right things and doing the right thing so um here's a new one mm. all right uh this one uh i i first learned about it on twitter from an mlb network uh Voice and then uh, close call sports. Our buddies Gill and T Mac picked it up. Umpire okay. umpire walks off field after fan abuse at youth game, and this guy was uh, behind the plate for um, a game between either thirteen or fourteen year olds. Um, so it looked like it was a bunch of uh, travel teams playing, and. The video that was captured apparently by a fan on a cell phone so showed that there was a lot of tension brewing. Uh, the coaches uh, were on the field, fans were yelling, and uh, the the umpire turned around and told the fans, "Enough! I'm not hearing another word out of anyone." The parents protested, 
the umpire's warning by saying, then be fair, to which the umpire clarified the solemnity of the situation. Did you hear me? If you want to have a game here, quiet down. Though a parent quipped, quote, stay professional for the kids and do your job, that's it. What caused the umpire to terminate the game was one final taunt, quote, are you mad because the kids are taller than you? True to his word, the umpire stopped the game and walked off the field. It is... <laughs> as some, and a parent said this? Yes. As someone who has terminated a game before as an umpire, uh, it's not a fun feeling. But the abuse that we take is ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the audacity of this parent to you know, respond to this umpire just saying stop with then be fair or stay professional for the kids and do your job is completely inappropriate. Um, this is a person of authority here that you're, you, you wouldn't talk that way to a cop, would you? Right. You know, a, a co- a, you w- if you wouldn't talk that way to a cop, then you certainly don't talk that way to a, to a sports official. Right. Um, and... Bravo to this guy for walking off the field. Uh, it's not fun to terminate the game and watch the kids lose as a result of it. Um, but it's it's a it's a reminder that we need to treat our sports officials better. Um, Gilb writes this on the on the page here. Sportsmanship is a problem in modern sports, despite code of conducts imploring parents and others to maintain such decorum. For instance, the Little League Baseball Sport Parent Code of Conduct lists, amongst others, quote, I and my guests will not engage in any kind of unsportsmanlike conduct with any official, coach, player, or parent, such as booing and taunting, refusing to shake hands, or using profane language or gestures. It's it's not good. And people just completely blow I mean, through this. I mean, the fact that that has to even exist in the first place is sick, right? <laughs> it's like you know. <laughs> and what's crazy is that there are people who were commenting on this particular post who were basically saying that policing the behavior of the fans is not. Uh, it's not the place of an umpire and basically, you know, it's just, it just said you don't, you don't have the overall responsibility to, to those people. And listen, as, as someone who's had to do that too, where you've had to police the parents or police the fans, you have a responsibility to the game and to common human decency to do what's right. And if, if, if the, if the, you know, the proper people don't want to step in and back you up, then get out of there. Right. It's that simple for your own safety. Right. I think the fact that this guy walked off the field is actually a good thing just for the guy's own safety, because it, because if that's how people were going to be, who knows what could have happened. Later. Right. It could have escalated. He could, he could have been attacked. He could have been killed. He could have, anything could have happened. Right. You don't treat people this way. You don't. I don't care who you are. You you don't do that. Um, 
And thanks to Gil for uh, plugging us on this post, too. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah. And here's the other thing, too. The, the guy from MLB Network who tweeted this story that I caught it from is Robert Flores, uh, who is one of the regular hosts of MLB Central, the morning show during the season. Uh, the dude is hilarious. Okay, knows his stuff about baseball, but it's hilarious. Okay, right. he's the guy who I stole the line from. That's the title of my upcoming book, uh, but I changed it to autobiography. Oh, so he's he's that's how funny this guy is. Okay, all right. The problem is that during the season, as I watch this show, when there are problems with umpires that are discussed on that show, they usually come back with with some sort of comment like hashtag ump show where they're like Chris Russo and they're and they're you know belittling the umpire saying stop making it about you nobody's here to watch you etc and I've you know but first of all no every any umpire worth his salt already knows that they're not there to watch him or her right okay they're there to do a job and to do it as best they possibly can um so to think that a professional major league umpire is there to to steal the show uh, is absolutely ludicrous and insane. So don't think that from the get-go. And secondly, when you do that, what you were perpetuating is a new stereotype and almost to a, almost a, a certain type of racism, I think. You are grouping all sports officials together as they're all the same. Yeah. And that... That's how problems start in society. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say racism. I'd say maybe a bias or a yes or yeah. a or a um, I guess a, a well. The reason I preconceived the, notion. The reason I, I I loosely use the term racism is because people see the uniform and they identify that. It's kind of like. You know, when people see a person of a particular race or ethnicity, right. they don't they don't judge the person's character. They just see the skin color and they go that way. It's a loose connection, it's yeah. Okay, because you're not talking about race, but you are grouping people together in right. a way that immediately says, "Well, they're all like that." Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I see what see you're what saying. saying? And, I, and again, I, I, I admit that the term is loosely used. Right. Okay. But. To me, because you can choose to put on a uniform, exactly. You can't choose. You can't your choose race. your skin color, right? You know, I I, I certainly understand that, um, but you are still, you know, you you are, you, you know, those generalizations exactly are, are hurting people. Yes, they're hurting exactly. us. You know, right? As I said to the students at the middle school recently, I said, if this keeps up, you won't have games because you won't have officials, and when you don't have officials, you don't have games. So you said this at the, at the at the awards luncheon. Okay, I said, you know, not not belittling these kids because these are the kids we were re- rewarding for their good sportsmanship. Right. But I'm talking about the decline in officials and saying, if this at this rate, this will you know if this continues, there will be no more youth sports because you will not have officials to work your games. Right, and you need the officials. So if you want to have games. Yeah, you, you might want to be a little nicer to these people, right? You know, no one's saying you have to like the call, but you do have to respect them. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else. I've got one more story here. Okay. All right. Sure. This is from NJ.com. This is kind of a long story. Um, Steve uh, Politi from NJ Advanced Media did this story. And basically what happened was this coach told his JV kid to slide into third base. Sure. He got hurt on the slide. and his The ne- kid did? Or the kid the- did. Okay. And now the kid's family has been suing the school I th- for like seven plus years. Is this a new story? It, the, the th- league, like- it literally just got to court and they just rendered a decision. Okay, so because been, I heard about, because this was over the, this was. This was years ago. This was seven plus years ago. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is. Then something like that must have happened again. Wouldn't surprise me. I feel like that that was recent. Uh, this middle school teacher, uh, John Suk, S-U-K. I don't think it would be suck. I'm going to say Suk. Okay. 31 year old. Um, At the time or now? Now. Um, I just laugh when I see this. Um, the plaintiff's the the plaintiff's attorney spent uh, two full days portraying the co-defendant, which is this man John Suk, as an inattentive and unqualified lout. He is, they argue, a villain who destroyed the future of a teenager he was supposed to protect. Quote, he must be held accountable for what he did, end quote, one of the plaintiff's two attorneys tells jurors during opening arguments. The attacks intensify when Suk takes the witness stand to defend himself on a split-second decision he made seven years earlier. He is accused of taking a reckless course of action that showed a callous disregard for another person's safety. He sounds like an awful person. Then you remember what Suk did to end up here. He instructed a player he was coaching during a junior varsity baseball game to slide. Not into an active volcano, not into a shark tank, into third base. I mean, this 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 whole thing is basically. What was the? If I may, sure. Stop you for a second. No, go ahead. What was the injury? What what was? It what, says here. What happened to I'm the kid? I'm going to tell you. Okay, hold on. Is he still playing? No. Like, okay. Um. When he, this kid, uh, Jake Messer, was a 15 year old freshman at Boundbrook High School and the best player on his JV team. Uh. On this date, April 4th, 2012, the visiting team was leading 6 nothing in the top of the second inning when Messer, batting for the second time, laced a line drive over the left fielder's head. Two runs scored. Messer rounded second and headed for third. And next, a sickening sound echoed across the diamond as he hit the ground, which was a pop. Coach rushed to his side. So did the father. Uh, ambulance arrived. No one knew it then, but that promising freshman, two innings into his high school career, would never play another baseball game. Mm. Uh, he had three surgeries. His ankle was not improving. Um, they even thought he, they might have to amputate his, his foot. A specialist from the Hospital for Special Surgery in Manhattan uh, found post-traumatic arthritis and signs of necrosis, that the bone was dying. Mm. Um, he needed more surgeries to inject stem cells into the ankle tissue, and he was fit with an external fixator, fixator, a stabilizing frame to keep the bones properly positioned. 
Um, the injury improved, but uh, he was told to avoid things like jogging. You know, um, it's more than a physical injury. He's endured frequent bouts of depression, panic attacks. Um, something It's something that has changed his life. You know, basically the whole thing. And it comes down to this. This guy was doing it for the kids. He was coaching a JV baseball team. He told the sure kids he to felt slide. bad enough. He felt terrible. And now this family has decided to sue the school district and name the school district and the coach as defendants um, because this kid's life was ruined, so to speak, because he was told to slide and he, and he hurt his ankle when he slid. Now, can I... Like I said, I guess I might ask a hypothetical question. Sure. Do we know, well, maybe, maybe you can answer this. If the kid, did he slide like in a, in a, in a, did he slide the incorrect way? Did he, I mean, I'm sure they teach these kids how to slide, right? Well, Presumably, yeah, right? But like, so like, why? Isn't this, it's part of the game, isn't it? Like, shouldn't... Kids should know how to slide. So has okay. he never slid before? I don't know that, that but... See, the question then begs, the, the, the question that begs to be asked here then is, if he developed necrosis of, what was it, the bone? Yeah. And all this other underlying issues, was there some, not to get too personal with this kid's medical background, but was there some pre-existing condition that the family should have been aware that the family was aware of or that this kid was aware of before he played to develop this kind of traumatizing injury apparently over a, a routine slide. Yeah, apparently not. The the most that they say was it was a bang bang play. And as a result of that, they're trying to see, well, did you tell him to slide too late? Did as a result of that, did that put him in jeopardy? There was no medical evidence to state that his ankle was you know, susceptible to any of this prior to this incident. Right. So the fact that when you told him to slide, was there a reason to have him slide? You were up six, nothing, you know, does, is there, you know, did you, did you recklessly tell him to slide when he didn't need to? Right. Um, is the responsibility on the kid for listening to the coach? I mean, what, you, how many ways do you want to go here yeah. that, that go beyond the ridiculousness of just the fact that when you play a sport, you accept a certain responsibility. And how many people slide? Yeah. Right? How many times do ankles break as a result? It's like less than 1%? Yeah. You know what the more common injury is when you slide? Raspberries. You know? Mm -hmm. Scrape some skin. Right. Something like that. Or maybe your hip. Yeah. Something like that. I don't... I just don't... It's a really sucky experience and it's it's i mean it's traumatic in and of itself for everyone involved of yeah. course but at the same time it's kind of like it's really bad luck if Absolutely. i mean, I mean it, it's 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 really i i what what was the coach supposed to do I mean, 
if you want to talk about slice the bologna thin, as you say, right. And saying, you know, what you mentioned before, why have him slide if you're up six, nothing. Maybe it was just instinctual on the, on the part of the coach to just, he sees the ball coming, right. Get Get down. down. I mean, it's, that's what they're trained to do. Absolutely. So I, you cannot fault, you can't, I don't think you can fault the coach. No. You cannot fault the coach for this, for doing his job. Right. Because how many other kids has he told to slide? If it comes, their ankles didn't break. Here's here's what (laughs) happens. If it comes down to, in my opinion, something that happens during the course of playing the game that has to directly deal with the rules of the game or the, the strategy of the game. Okay. You can't, I mean, you don't, I don't think you have a leg to stand on. No pun intended here. Right. Um, if the, now if the coach had, uh, endangered the welfare of a child through hazing or through, you know, reckless endangerment for, you know, I don't know, Exposing him to you know something he shouldn't be exposed to you know but you know uh, or taking ex- it out on the kid for exactly making yeah. a mistake or exactly. trying to coach him during the game yeah. hurting know? the kid or or you know verbally abusing the kid to the point of tears right because of something he did during the game mm-hmm. okay that's different that's different because that has nothing to do with and forgive this the 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 saying how you play the game yeah okay. You told a kid to slide. Part of the strategy of running the bases is sliding. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you thank God that he was found not guilty, that they 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 sided with the coach here on a seven to one. I was going to ask. Yeah, they sided the seven to one with the, with the coach in the district with okay. the defendants. Um, what's crazy is that the doesn't ins- it have to be unanimous? I, I'm not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination here. Okay. Um, I thought it would. You know, I, I don't know exactly how the civil suits work. And there were eight jurors? Yeah. In, in a civil listen, don't forget, in a civil suit, it's a lot different than a criminal oh, suit. Oh, yeah. I guess in the criminal okay. suit, it has to be unanimous. Yeah, exactly. In a civil suit, you're dealing with majority here. And uh, they, it's, it, between the, between the time that the injury happened and the time that the verdict was reached, 2,625 days passed. And it is estimated that the insurance company defending the, the, the defendants here spent more than $75,000 in legal fees to fight this case. So talk about a waste of money. Because, and, and the other thing, too, is that what kind of a can of worms are you opening here? If you found if this coach was found guilty, <laughs> nobody in their right mind would coach youth sports again. Right. So for the betterment of society, they made the right decision here. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm You got to think of the ramifications. I'm genuinely sorry that this kid was hurt. Okay? I'm a ball player. I've been hurt playing before. Okay? There's a lot, there are a lot of things that I feel that I can't do anymore because I played baseball. You know, there are, my body has gone in directions that are somewhat irreversible. Okay. 
my left shoulder uh, is very susceptible to dislocation as a result of my baseball career, okay? My left thumb uh, had a hairline fracture in it that hasn't hurt in years, but just the wrong movement, I'm sure it can hurt again. My knees are kind of shot from years of catching, Mm. okay? My ankles have, uh, because of catching, have made my toes very pigeon-toed. Okay, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that physically uh, have taken tolls on me as a result of playing that game. But I accept that. Mm-hmm. That that is that is that's why you play. You know, the 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 experience of playing goes far beyond what your body endures. I, I know it sounds kind of existential, but the experience lasts longer than your body does you know if you're if you if you believe that we are conscious beings who who will never not be conscious of ourselves based upon your faith or anything like that the the experiences that you have playing sports goes a lot longer than when your physical body expires so from an economic standpoint (laughs) it's worth it you know, but but I I accept that risk. I accept that risk as a ball player, and the only times that I've had problems, like significant problems with coaches, is when they were doing truly unethical things, not when they were looking at strategy. Okay, yeah. I mean the, the the closest I think I ever came to. Blurring that line is when I had a coach bench me and a lot of other kids my age and played kids younger than us because he thought that gave us a better chance to win. And I, I to this day, disagree with him wholeheartedly because as we talked about in the Penn State case, these are kids who in four years, they're gone. Whether or not you win is secondary, in my opinion, to providing the positive experience to these kids. And you have you have a responsibility to make sure that those kids walk out of there with the life lessons that they need. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, if a kid can't play, like if he's that bad, okay, maybe that's a different story. And I don't mean to be boasting about myself, but I was the only one from my class to go on and play college baseball so I feel like I kind of knew what I was doing to a certain degree and that's the closest I ever came to really you know like thinking there was a problem like that where it was I you know you can blur the lines there a little bit because it's dealing with strategy by who you play as opposed to actually on field strategy you know right uh but you know that was that was it Anything else, if a coach gave me a sign I didn't like, if a coach told me to slide and I didn't want to, um, you know, strategy stuff, that was all fair game, you know? Yeah, just doing his job. Exactly. Whether you like it or not. I mean, if there's a miscommunication, that's another, you know, I mean, it's, that happens, okay? Right. I, you know, I vividly remember a coach getting upset with me because he called a fastball and I called a curveball because I didn't realize what his sign meant. Um, 
and I said to him later, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that that was the sign, you know, but that's, but, but I, I didn't like think like that was the reason I should hate him or sue him. Like you verbally, right. you verbally assaulted me because I misunderstood a sign. That's, I'm going to take you to court for that. You know, come on. Now, if the, if the coach had called me, you know, significant names that were inappropriate, right. different story. But, you know, his, his, his anger was because I misinterpreted the sign. That's fine. Yeah. You know? You got anything else? Um, I could equate this to, like, being angry at a doctor for, you know, like, let's say you've got a lump in your stomach. Right. And you want, the, you go to the doctor and you say to the doctor, I need to know what this is. Right. The doctor says, all right, well, undress and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel it. You. I'll yeah. feel it. And you say, no, I don't want you to. I don't want you to touch me. Yeah. Well, how am I going to know what it is? <laughs> right? Right. This is the same exact thing. You're, you are, you are lambasting someone for doing their job. Right. And you're, then if, you know, and if that, if that case had won, oh my, or if the, if the plaintiff had won, oh my God. You wouldn't, you would you never, have you wouldn't see sports anymore. Nope. At a youth level. Um, because unfortunately, you wouldn't see insurance companies providing policies either, right? You know? And and it's unfortunately because this is how society works, right? We only move as slow, fast as our slowest person. And when you know laws are passed because of a small group of people screwing up, right? But laws don't only apply to the people who screw up; they apply to they, all of they us. apply to all of us. So that's, that's how our society works. We haven't figured out a better way. So kudos to the jurors for making a responsible decision. At least seven out of eight of them. Seven, yeah. Well, yeah, well, right. But, but Nine out of 10 dentists agree not, that 10th dentist should just lighten up. But, <laughs> but it's not just the right decision. It's the responsible decision. Because again, maybe they thought that, yeah, this could affect the this could sports. this could have a butterfly effect that could affect really to a degree maybe all sports. Right. You would wonder if the if the uh the attorneys for the defendants made that very clear in their arguments yeah. that you were setting a precedent here in, in your judgment. Yeah. If so you, it's just it just kind of it's and for seven years. Well, remember that's how long it takes these courses, these cases sometimes. I, mean, I, I know, but these, these, that is, listen, I get it, but the, 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 over something so... The legal system does not move as fast as it does on law and order. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, well, it's, I mean, these cases, discovery takes two years. Yeah. You know, uh, and these cases take a long time. Yeah. So, so, again, talk about moving us only as fast as our slowest member. Yeah, okay? I'm sure that 99% of the legal system is ready to go to trial on these things very quickly. Right. It's that 1% of lawyers who say, no, I need more time. 
Right. And they say, oh my God, by the letter of the law, we have to give him that. And it's funny, it's funny because, you know, I've been, I've been selected for jury duty before, as I'm sure you have. Uh And the lawyers try to weed out and try to select these. And they'll take, they'll take take days to just select a jury because they want to choose the best jurors for the trial to, to, you know, choosing your card. It's like choosing your cards. Right. It's like a magic game. Exactly. You're stacking the deck. <laughs> you're, in stacking your favor. The, you're stacking the deck. Yeah. Um, I want to use a red and green deck. Well, I want to use a blue and white deck. No, of no. course. But um, you know, it's just it's just interesting. It's just interesting the whole process of all of all this. All because of someone just trying to do his job. Right. Um, but I'm glad that uh it's like in clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm, gl- I'm glad that it got resolved. And I hope that, um, I hope that this guy who's, uh, was, um, exonerated. I don't know if that's the appropriate Suk, word. The coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he working now? Does he, is he continue? Like, is he, is he good to go or? Well, that's the thing is I don't even know if he wants to go back. I don't blame him. You know? I don't blame him. Actually, he does say says here he he is coaching still. Good for him. He says uh, he's he. That shows you that he has a strong sense of conviction. Yeah, he said. Uh, let me see. The the writer was meeting with him after the the trial, and he, they sat down in the otherwise empty deli across the street from the courthouse, and and the writer asks him, "What would happen if you lost?" And he said, it's the end of high school sports. The coaching profession would be under heavy scrutiny for everything that happens. Coaches are going to have to have insurance like doctors have for malpractice. School districts are not going to want to take the risk of having sports. And then right after that, he takes a long swing from water and he looks at his watch and has to hurry because he's got a baseball game to coach. Good for him. That's And that's probably, that's got to be a tough thing. Yeah. You know, because sometimes that happens. They, they put you on administrative leave. Right. You know? Well, they probably did that as soon as they, the family sued. Yeah. But. Um, he's probably, co- he's, I think he's coaching a different team at this point. You know, he can't obviously right. coach this. Yeah. School you know, there. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kids. Yeah. Hey, guys, remember me? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think that it sounds like things are kind of headed in the right direction yeah. for this guy. And, uh, um, it's good that he's still coaching and it's good that he still has like that. Like I said, that strong sense of conviction that Kudos he's, to him. that he's doing the, he knows he's doing the right thing. Yeah. He, despite all this, and he's, he's like the Penn state kid Clifford yeah. he's saying, you know, he's, he's showing a lot of maturity and understanding the situation as, as wrong as it is. Right. And saying, yeah. I, I have a, there's something bigger going on here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, a heck of a lot that's of stuff a, that's that, happened. That's a good, you yeah, know? that's a, that was a good one. Um, well, I'm done. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm spent. Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> that's how we, we ended it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> then I smash all your plates and all your forks, turn on your stove. Then I light a small fire. I'm just lowering that Sorry. a little bit. No, no, you're good. I'll Get edit it in post. Eat all your food, barf it back up, and then I go. You know what? At that point, I'm just going to stop singing. Yeah.
Uh, we've had a, we've had a long day of telling stories and prepping for this and eating leftovers and yep. sharing just hilarious stories of sportsmanship that happened to us personally. Personally, that are just we can't. I can't. They're too hot. I mean, TV. I can, well, I can, but it's, it's too late. It, and yeah, maybe maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll share about that. The you know what we should talk about what. Maybe this will, hey, viewers, or viewers. Listeners. Listeners, that's it. You use your ears to listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, <laughs> um, if you've got any Black Friday stories. That's a great call about sports. If you've got Black Friday stories, lay them on us. Yeah. Um, because we've known in the past, and I think that's the subject we should talk about, being that today is, at the time of this recording, it's Black Friday. Right. We should have done that. Oh, man. Well, we can do that for next We're time. We're so dumb. Well, I'm not arguing that point either. <laughs> but, yeah. There are uh, plenty of episodes upcoming. Yeah. You know? So, uh, listeners, if you have any Black Friday stories, maybe for next time we can... Yeah, we send can, them in. Yeah, because, again, it, this that involves the sportsmanship of business, Sportsmanship and, of just being customers, right? You know, and, yeah. going for a good deal. Like well, I think that fall falls in the to- business transaction. Oh, absolutely. You know that that whole thing. Sportsmanship so. of consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. But really, you're I mean, I think right. I, you know, you're absolutely um, right. So keep us keep us informed. Yeah. Remember, you can always get in touch with us at osipfoundation.org or podcast at osipfoundation.org. Submit your stories. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe, like, rate, leave reviews, the whole nine. We appreciate all of it. Even Well, we don't appreciate it if you don't like us. But other, that's a different story. That's bad sportsmanship. That is bad sportsmanship. Uh, well, we'll just edit that out. You're not going to edit that out. No, I'm no, not. No, you're not. Okay. Well, that's that's enough for today, I think. I think we're all still in a, in a tryptophan coma. And it's time to uh, retire to the couch and or bar. Sounds good to me. Great. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. All of our listeners, thanks for being with us. And until December, when it might actually be cold, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.